0: We won't hide God's love from our descendants. We'll tell the next generation all about the praise due the Lord and God's strength, the wondrous works God has done. This is so that the next generation and children not yet born will know these things, and so they can rise up and tell their children to put their hope in God.
1: It was a few years ago, it was a Sunday and um, I had finished worship and I got caught by a guy who was upset and um, he has since left this church community, but he was upset because he looked around the room and he noticed that he and I were the only people who were wearing ties that Sunday. And he said, well, what has the world come to? This is a house of worship. And I remember at the time, it was, it was our youth group. Our youth group was here, and they had T-shirts that they had, had printed together. And they were kind of ugly. They were kind of ugly T-shirts, but they were And they would wear them sometimes, and they would sit together on Sunday mornings. And, and he didn't like it. And on the t- T-shirts, it said this.
0: Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Instead, set an example for the believers through your speech. Behavior, love, faith.
1: And I'm so sorry to say that my own son was one of these radical Bible verse t-shirt wearing Gen Zers. We had to disown him after that. But, um, but for those of you who don't know, those, um, Gen Z is the label that is given um, for kids or young people today, not even kids anymore, that were born between 1997 and 2012. So if you find yourself in that range, you are a general Zer. Z-er. Um, these are my kids. And they have grown up their entire lives with smartphones and social media. They've known that from as long as they can remember. And interestingly about Gen Z, they are also the most ethnically diverse generation in this nation's history. There is, in this group, there is no ethnic majority. First time in our history. And overall, they they value highly the value of inclusivity. But they are also the least religious generation. Only 30% of Gen Zers participate In religious worship of any kind. But 77% consider themselves spiritual. Think about that. They grew up with active shooter drills at school. There was just one in our schools around here this last week. Parents got a, a warning about that. They value justice. They've seen the the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter, but they've also seen the divisions and the polarizations of our time too. They've seen both. And they're the generation that bore the effects of the the COVID-19 pandemic in their formative years. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that they have experienced the highest rate of mental health issues any generation is born, especially depression and anxiety. This is a truth. 47%, nearly half of all Gen Zers report being moderately to extremely depressed. a little over half, report being moderately or extremely anxious. And 57% report to being moderately to extremely stressed. And again, 45% report, even in the age of social media, feeling lonely. And these are the kids who are graduating from high school and college these past few weeks. These are the kids that I have seen grow up in this church community. And on this Pentecost Sunday, as young people in our lives, they're they're growing and they're graduating. I wonder what kind of church will they want to be part of? Because I know that only 30% of them participate in a church community, and yet they are profoundly spiritual. So, we, so today on this day that we remember on Pentecost how God once brought people together, I wonder how it will be for this generation. So a guy named Travis. Travis was my youth group leader 15 years ago. And he asked me, he said, have, have you seen the movie The Jesus Revolution? And I had, had, is anybody else here, have you seen it? Okay, so not a big hit yet. Okay, all right, I get that. Um, I hadn't seen the movie either. But he insisted that I watch it, because he said, this is what we were doing together once. And so I did. And it's the story of another generation who experienced divisions and polarization. Instead of active shooter drills, they they did duck and cover drills under their desks because of the constant threat of nuclear war. And in 1968, this generation saw the Vietnam War and the protest movement. And in that same year, they experienced the assassinations of the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. and Bobby Kennedy. And just like Generation Z, they questioned the meaning and the purpose of life.
0: I refrain from nothing that my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. Indeed, my heart found pleasure from the results of my hard work. That was the reward from all my hard work. But when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had worked so hard to achieve, I realized that it was pointless. A chasing after the wind.
1: The writer of Ecclesiastes was on a quest he wrote his experience down it was on a quest for meaning and purpose in life and this is the second chapter and he's going down roads looking for meaning purpose in life now beginning in California back in those days in 1968 and then spreading across the nation there was a there was a drug culture and and hippies and that defined that generation during those years And there was a guy named Lonnie Frisbee, Great, I love that name, Uh, Lonnie Frisbee, and he was 18 years old in 1968. And he joined thousands of other people in coming to California for what became known as the Summer of Love. Now his big thing was is that he would read the Bible while tripping out on LSD. And in the midst of all of this that was going on, he met Pastor Chuck Smith, who in the movie is played by Kelsey Grammer. Take a look. So,
2: uh,
3: tell me about yourself, Lonnie,
2: and your uh, people. My people. I like the sound of that. You know, it reminds me of the words of Jesus. To what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? I was up in San Francisco for a long time, living in Haight-Ashbury, on the streets, all over. Man, we did everything, and everyone. But that was the point. You see, the drugs, it's a quest. For what? For God you not see that? There is an entire generation right now searching for God. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. But that was a lie. As much of a lie as what we were rebelling against. And what brought you to that realization? I kept searching and searching, and I just finally got to the end of it. And there was still a void.
1: Nearly half of all young people today report being moderately to extremely depressed. Seventy-seven percent are spiritual but not religious. And they're searching for meaning and for purpose. And religion, I'm going to tell you, there is a lot of bad religion that is trying to sell you God. And yet still there is something powerful and compelling about Jesus about the vision for the world that he shared, about this God that wants to reconnect with people, always wants to reconnect. And after all, that's even what the word religion means. The word, here's the benefits of a a Latin degree. Um, The words mean ligo, like ligaments, joining together and re again, to join back again and again to God. What church what a generation like this need. Now back in 1968, Lonnie Frisbee was living on the streets and he was invited into Pastor Chuck Smith's home and into the small church that he served. It was a church about the size of our church, honestly, and it was a church called Calvary Chapel. And the introduction of hippies was not exactly seamless in in Pastor Chuck's church.
2: These kids are runaways, most
3: of them. They got drug addictions, medical issues. And they need our help.
2: Yeah, but Chuck, (laughs) I mean, they need to go home. They're making our congregation uncomfortable.
3: Well, maybe they should be uncomfortable. Maybe we all should. Maybe it's my job to make us uncomfortable. And I haven't been doing it. Chuck, stop. This is enough. This is a house of worship. And yes, we expect a certain level of dignity here. These girls are wearing halter tops and half of them aren't even wearing shoes. They're staining the new shag carpet with their bare feet. A carpet? Mm. Oh, yeah, let's be sure to save the carpet. You keep this up and you're gonna drive away the only contributing members that we've got. You hearing me now? Loud and
1: clear. Being church isn't easy. Jesus knew that. Church is this vision. Church is a vision of inclusivity, of compassion for all. It's a vision of justice and mercy and nonviolence. It invited people to make communities that offer extravagant welcome to absolutely everyone. But it's not easy. And all these values of Jesus, I see that they're close to the heart of Gen Z. I see that. And I know it's not easy. So Pastor Chuck did something. And it wasn't easy. But the first thing he had to do, absolutely first thing to do, was to make sure that the carpets would be okay. Take a look. <laughs> good
3: to see you, Thank Enjoy. You. Welcome to church. Thank you. Hello, young lady. Well, last year I had the privilege of visiting uh, New York City. And like any good tourist, I, I paid a visit to the Statue of Liberty, and I read those famous words: "Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free." And as I read those words, I thought, well, that's. Christianity, isn't it? (laughs) It's, It's the essence of it. An invitation to the broken. Jesus was very friendly with the outcasts. In Revelation 22 it says, Let the one who can hear say come, let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the waters of life freely. I want you all to look at me, uh, please. Every one of you. This place, it is yours. <laughs> I don't. I don't care if anybody else thinks so. <laughs> If, if you feel like you're an outcast, then join us here. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, this is where you belong. If you feel ashamed or trapped in something you've done or are doing, you will find forgiveness and freedom. right here
1: no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey you will always always be welcome here this place is yours even if it's the first time that you've visited or connected to this community and all the work that we're doing downstairs all the work that we're doing on the lower level is to be a blessing to the community, to people of faith and people of no faith, for people of all ethnicities, neurodiversity, gender, sexuality. We don't build this place for ourselves. We build it to become a home, a place for everyone for the next generation and children not yet born to know the welcome of God who wants to reconnect to every person. And that is what we as a community continue to try to build. But there's always people who struggle with that. Some that maybe can't do it.
3: No guilt trips. (laughs) This is your home and I want you to tell all your friends about it. There is a place for you. Now, that door is open all the time for you, any time of day. And if there are some who don't like that, well, then that door is open for you, too. It works both ways.
1: Those who can't, just can't accept. But there are far, far more who not just who can't just accept. They, they more than accept. They need Jesus' vision for church. In the years that followed, Calvary Church, from where that ended, Calvary Church grew over to thirty-five thousand people. Twice the size, almost twice the size of the mighty Church of the Resurrection south of us. It turns out that Jesus' radical vision of an inclusive church still worked. And I think it may still be spot on for what Gen Z is searching for, albeit in different ways. So I want to go back to two statistics. That nearly half of Gen Z reports to feeling moderately to extremely depressed and that they feel alone. However, there's another statistic. For those young Gen Zers, for that 30% that take part in an inclusive church community, 74% of them report that they are in good physical and emotional condition even after the pandemic. That's amazing. There is something healthy and life giving about having an inclusive church community. Many of us who are doing our part to build this church community, who are updating the building right now, we may not even see the impact of what we are doing for the generations to come, but it will have an impact. The Holy Spirit, she has never been able to be contained and she will just keep doing her thing. And the message of forgiveness, the message of justice and mercy and acceptance, which are at the core of Christ's church, they're going to continue. That message will always continue. And it is the charge for us to grow into that kind of church, to change and to grow into a church that will provide a home for all. Friends, will you join me on this Pentecost Sunday by rising together and join me in praying aloud the scripture that we began this service with. Will you join me? We won't hide from... We won't hide from God's love from our descendants will tell the next generation all about the praise due to the Lord and God's strength. The wondrous works of God has done. This is so that the next generation and the children not yet born will know these things. So they can rise up and tell their children to put their hope in God.